I'm going to get into some of the word with you guys today. Doing it a little bit differently today, we're going to have two sets of the word. I promise they won't be long. Uh, I have been instructed to be short, and as you guys know, I'm typically pretty short anyway. So I'm going to be shorter than short today, and uh, I hope you guys enjoy this and get something out of it. I wanted to talk to you guys about the crucifixion of Jesus and what that means for you as a person living in this world. And I thought about, you know, it, it means a million things. There's a hundred things I could say to you. So I tried to boil it down to the two that give me the most impact in my life. And I'm going to start with talking about the weight of sin and what Jesus' death on the cross did for the weight of sin on your life. And I'm going to just rifle through these scriptures here. Don't worry about following along in the book. I'll be too quick for you here. Ecclesiastes 7.20. Surely there is not a righteous man on earth who does good and never sins. James 2.10. For whoever keeps the whole of the law and yet stumbles at just one point is guilty of breaking all of it. Romans 6, 23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ, our Lord. Those three things break down to this simple ideology. Everybody sins. Your sin isn't better than someone else's sin. And all sin costs the price of death. However, Jesus' death on the cross was enough to pay that debt for all of us. He lived a perfect life. And now you don't have to do that because he broke into a new covenant. And I wanted to show you guys, my son left a little Easter egg up here. I'm going to throw that over there for a minute. I'm going to show you guys what that's like. This cup is what my life was like before that covenant changed. I have got no way I can hold the pressure of the weight of sin here. I am collapsing under this cup. So what Jesus did for me by dying on the cross and relieving the weight of sin in my life is this. I look like this nice little cup right here. I've got use. I look nice. I am made to do what I am supposed to do. Cups are meant to hold water. I couldn't drink out of this cup. Why? Because the weight of sin caused the death of this cup. I want you to understand that when Jesus died on the cross for you, the biggest and best thing he did for you is relieve you from the price that you should pay for your sins. And I want you to know sin leaves you broken down and crushed and with no use, but Christ died so that doesn't happen to you. You aren't broken down and you do have a use. You have a destiny and a purpose in this life and it is given to you by the death that Christ paid for us. The second thing that Christ did for us and the final thing I'm going to be talking about today is the ease of grace. I mentioned a covenant earlier. There used to be a covenant where the only way you got to heaven, the only way you really got to be worthy was by being perfect, following the law. Now, I've already read a scripture that says we've all broken the law and we're all going to break every law because we're all guilty of them all. But I'm going to read you Hebrews 9:15. Therefore, he is the mediator of a new covenant so that those who are called may receive the promised eternal inheritance since a death has occurred that redeems them from the transgressions they committed under the first covenant. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Whoever believeth in him would not perish but have eternal life. And lastly, Romans 10, 9 through 10. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart of the one who believes is justified and with the mouth one confesses and he is saved. And I want you guys to think of it this way. 
Everybody gets the terms of service, and a lot of people, especially all the iPhone users out there, you get your terms of service, and it's 193 pages of mumbo-jumbo you don't understand. That is exactly what the old covenant was like for you. You have no way of understanding it. Obey all of the following. And this book is pretty thick. There is no way that you would be able to follow all of these laws. Well, Jesus died on the cross, and he said, hey, I got a new one for you. It's pretty simple. It's one page. Believe in Jesus and what he did for you and confess it with your mouth. Now, the promise of eternal life for you is simple. You just have to believe that Jesus died for you and that God is your Savior and your Father. There is no easier contract I have ever negotiated in my entire life. There is nothing simpler than I've ever done than say to other people, Jesus died for me and God is my Savior. That is something so simplistic for a reason. It's because we should all be able to do it. God is not asking you a bunch of complicated things anymore. Sure, when you come closer to Christ, your life will change and you'll start to act a little better and maybe you'll get a little more close to the Spirit and you won't have as much ties to your sin as you used to. But the truth is, Jesus already paid the debt. You don't have to worry about it. So what my Jesus did for me on Easter is he relieved me from having to live a perfect life. And I wasn't going to be able to do it. My wife is sitting in the front row and she'll tell you 11 things I did wrong this morning. I was never going to be able to follow all of the law. I can't even follow the law of my household, let alone the the law of the Lord. There's too many laws for me to be perfect with. God alleviated that stress for me. And now I get to live a simple Christian life, which is this. God, thank you for sending your son for me. That is the ending of all of my faith right there. I don't try to be perfect. I just try to get close to the one who was. What an incredible message Joe brought, the cross, what happened at the cross, what the cross means for us, how that sin no longer has a hold over our lives. The cross means that who I once was is dead and I'm raised to new life. The cross means that the old covenant that held me by my actions is over with and I'm judged simply on what Jesus has done and not what I've done. The cross is an incredible place. We should never forget about the cross and what Christ did for us at the cross. We'll remember it every time we read the word, every time we pray, every time we share communion and share fellowship with one another. We will talk about, preach about, and remember the cross. But the cross is not the end of the story. The resurrection means that a new life begins. The resurrection means that our leader, our Savior... Jesus Christ defeated death, that when he went down, he didn't stay down, but that he rose from the dead. It also means we don't stay down either. I came here today to tell you this simple truth. Resurrection is in our DNA, church. It is a part of who we are. Hallelujah. Romans 8, 11, but if the spirit who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, then he who raised Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal body through his spirit who dwells in you. Now, when I say that resurrection is in our DNA, I don't mean that a scientist could find it. Maybe they could, maybe they couldn't. I don't know. I mean that if you're born again and given new life and the spirit of God moved into you, as the Bible says it does, DNA is a part of your spiritual life. You have become something different than the rest of the world. It means that even though we fall, we get back up. 
Even though we get sick or injured or hurt, we don't end there. It means if we get attacked or knocked down, we rise again. And it means if we die like Jesus, we don't stay dead. Come on, is somebody with me today? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Proverbs 24, 16, for a righteous man will fall seven times, but he rises again. You know how many times he rises again? Seven times. And if he falls eight times, you know how many times he rises again? Eight times. Hallelujah. Because resurrection is in the DNA of a righteous man. You see, God has put something in us that won't stay down. It's called his spirit. Hallelujah. It's the same spirit that rolled away the stone that raised Jesus from the dead. And it dwells in an unworthy person like myself. Come on, are you with me today? Hallelujah, Jesus. That's right. If we fall, we don't stay down. I don't know about you, but I've made some bad choices in my life. Like Joe said, he's made some bad choices today. <laughs> the day's not over if you've been good so far. <laughs> uh, the devil's keeping track. God's not. Come on. I don't want you keeping track either. Because Jesus took care of that already, amen. He paid the price for it already. We don't live with a consciousness where we measure our actions to determine how righteous we are. No, we look to Jesus and we say, you know what? He was righteous. He was perfect. And, and what he did, what he earned is applied to my life. That's right. We may fall, but we don't stay down. We get back up. You know, I keep saying this. The older I get, the more I realize there are no stories that didn't come from God. Rocky, Star Wars, The Matrix, all of them, they come from God. God wrote the first story. You know, Rocky, he's like this un underdog. He doesn't look the prettiest. He doesn't look like Apollo Creed. He doesn't look like he's going to be the best boxer, but there's something inside of him. And uh, he gets knocked down, of course. Isn't this the story of all time? He gets knocked down. It looks like it's over, and yet he gets back up, and somehow he comes out on top. And, and that's the story of the Christians, because Jesus, it looked like on Saturday, Saturday that it was all over with. He'd been crucified on Friday. It looked like he was done. People were stuck between the Jesus that they remembered and what was going to come in the future. They didn't know what was going on. It looked like everything was over. And then Sunday morning rolled around and Jesus got back up. Can I tell you something, church? You may have fallen this week. You may be on the ground. Can I tell you, on the ground can be a good position. It can humble you. It can make your prayer life grow. It can show you things you'd never seen before, but we don't stay down. Come on, somebody. We get back up. Even though we make mistakes and fall, we get back up. If we get sick or hurt or injured, we don't stay down. We have a healer. His name is Jesus. Come on. Hallelujah. He is our healer. Hallelujah. We trust him with our physical bodies and our mental health and, and our emotional health. We trust him with those things. Now, some of you have uh, been uh, diagnosed by a doctor and you've got something and uh, the doctor says this is the outcome of what you've got but I've come to tell you today that Jesus gets the last word come on Jesus gets the last word and even though you may be sick or hurt it is not the end of your life. One of the greatest testimonies that we can see is a Christian who is going through an illness who still praises God, who still glorifies God, who still worships God, who's still an example. I remember the story of a woman who was diagnosed with cancer. She was a great woman of God and Somehow she just knew that this cancer was going to take her home to Jesus. And let me just, let me take a side note here. No Christian ever lost a battle to any kind of illness because death is a plus for us. Come on. Hallelujah. Are you with me today? 
she knew somehow it was going to take her home. And she said, I've spent my life teaching people how to live for Jesus. Now I'm going to show them how to die for Jesus. You see, when we fall, we don't stay down. We have the attitude of somebody who lives above. Hallelujah. If we fall, we get sick or injured. We don't stay down. If we get attacked, we don't stay down. I've been knocked down in my life a time or two. Come on, are you hearing me today? I've been knocked down a time or two in my life. Uh, it, it can come from the, the boss who gives you a pink slip or tells you that you're not going to get the same amount of hours. It, it can come from a spouse who tells you they don't love you anymore. It can come from a, uh, a, a friend or a relative who's got bad news coming your way. It can come from the IRS. Lord Jesus, help us. <laughs> your taxes are due tomorrow, by the way, if you didn't remember that. Hallelujah. You can get knocked down lots of different ways, but I want you to know that we don't stay down. Hallelujah. That God is our victory. Hallelujah. Jesus has made us victorious over everything we will ever face. Glory be to the name of the Lord. Now, that doesn't mean that everything is going to work out the way you want it to. It means everything is going to work out the way God wants it to. Hallelujah. And some of our problems won't be resolved here on earth. They'll be resolved when we get to heaven. Hallelujah, Jesus. And finally, this morning, if we die, we don't stay dead. Glory to Jesus. You remember Jesus said it this way. You know that uh, if you die, you'll rise again. And that if you believe in him, you'll never die. How can you never die and yet rise again? Well, because in a spiritual sense, we never die. We leave this place and we go into the presence of the Lord. Your body may go into the ground. Hallelujah. But it's not staying in the ground. Yes, 1 Thessalonians 4.13, but we do not want you to be uninformed, brethren, about those who are asleep. He uses the word asleep to talk about death because he's trying to let you know it's not the end. So that you will not grieve as the rest who have no hope. Come on. Christians, there's something different. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep in Jesus. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and the trumpet of God, and the dead will rise. Hallelujah. Then we who are alive and remain will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we always be with the Lord. Can I tell you something today? I got to read you this story. Luke 24. On the first day of the week, early at dawn, they came to the tomb bringing spices which they had prepared. They came expecting to find the dead body of Jesus. They were going to anoint him with these spices and oils. They expected a dead Jesus, but they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. And when they entered, they, not, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. Come on, somebody. Are you with me? While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men suddenly stood near them in dazzling clothing. And as the women were terrified and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, why do you seek the living? among the dead hallelujah Jesus 
He is not here. He has risen. Remember how I spoke to you that while he was still in Galilee, saying that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, but on the third day he would rise again. Hallelujah. You know what the resurrection means to me? That that resurrection spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells inside of little old me. Hallelujah. It's not because I'm better than you or anybody else. I'm, a, I'm as much a knucklehead as anybody, but you know what? God loved me so much that he sent his son to die on the cross to pay the penalty for my sin that I could be resurrected to new life in him. Hallelujah. You forgive me, but this message means something to me. It did something to me. 30-something years ago, it changed my life. So if the Lord delays his return and I pass from this life, don't worry about where I'm buried. I don't care if it's under a tree or in the middle of nowhere. I don't care. Don't worry about how my body's prepared. You can put me in the ground. You can cremate me. I don't care. Because death is not the end of my story. Come on. You're not laying me to rest because Jesus already brought me rest a long time ago. Hallelujah. I'm not resting in peace because I live in peace because Jesus brought me peace a long time ago. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm not waiting on eternal life because I have eternal life right now. Death for me is not the end of my story. It's stepping out of a chapter and into a better one. Glory to God. Can I tell you, there's coming a day when God is going to blow the trumpet and, and, and the dead in Christ are going to rise and bodies are going to come up out of the ground. Hallelujah. You may think I'm crazy. That's all right. You can think I'm crazy. But I believe the word of God is true. I believe that Jesus is coming back again and that those who have fallen asleep in Christ will be raised to new life. Hallelujah. No, the grave is not my final resting place because resurrection is in my DNA. Somebody say it. Resurrection is in my DNA. I don't stay down. I get back up. And it's not because of me. It's because the same spirit, hallelujah, that raised Christ from the dead dwells in me. Hallelujah. Glory be to his name. And the resurrection DNA can dwell in you too. If you're here today and you'd say, you know what, Pastor, you don't know the things I've done. Can I tell you something? Your sin is not bigger than Jesus. If you've walked around life saying, you know, I'm going to go to hell and take over. The devil's scared of me. Let me tell you something. The devil's not scared of you and Jesus can handle you. I've seen grown men break down and cry like little puppies in the presence of an almighty God. Hallelujah. Because when you get in the presence of God, you realize just how big and holy he is, just how unworthy we are of him, and just how incredible it is that he'd love us enough to send his son to do all of this stuff for us, to live a perfect life, to die for the punishment that I should have gotten, and to be powerful enough to raise himself from the dead so that I could have new life in him. And how do you get that today? How do you get that spirit in you? How do you get that resurrection DNA? Do you have to join the church and show up every Sunday and give a certain amount of money? No, that's, that's not it. Do you have to behave yourself, you know, stop cussing and smoking and drinking? And, and do, you have to, do you have to wear better clothes? Do you have to go buy a suit? No. It has nothing to do with any of that. What you have to do is what Joseph said. Believe, trust, and confess. Believe that Jesus is the Son of God, that he did die for your sins, that he did rise from the dead. But not just believe it, trust in it. 
Trust, that means this, that if you were to stand before God today and God was to ask you why you should get into heaven, you'd say this, because Jesus did all this stuff for me. All your eggs are in that basket. I got nothing else. I'm not going to tell you, God, how good I've been or how much money I gave. I'm not going to tell you anything other than Jesus died for me, and I trust in that. You believe, you trust, and then you confess it. Christianity is not a quiet religion where you just keep it to yourself. I know we live in a world where everyone's trying to tell us Christians to shut up, keep it to yourself. You can have your faith, but just keep it in your home and in your bedroom. But you know what? Jesus said, if these don't work, cry out and worship me, the rocks are going to cry out. Can I tell you something? I am going to continue until the day I die, proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God to a world that needs it. You can hate me and persecute me, but I'm not going to stop telling this story that changed my life. Hallelujah. So today I want you to just, if you would close your eyes, and I want us all to just pray. Father, we just turn to you right now, God. We know the truth right now. We feel it in this building. It's spiritual. It's not that our minds can explain it or conceive it, but we know deep down within us that the words we've heard from your word are truth. And today, Lord, we trust in your truth. We trust that Jesus is the Son of God. We trust that he died for our sin and that he rose again, that we might have new life. And today, we confess that Jesus is who he says he is, that he did what he said he did, and he is saving me now. He is bringing new life to me now. And the same spirit that over 2,000 years ago raised Jesus from the dead is moving into me and my life now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Can we praise him today? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. If you don't know what else to say, just say thank you. Thank you, Lord. My Savior, my Deliverer, my Lord, my peace, my comfort. My hope, my help in all of life. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I trust in you, Jesus, my Savior, my Savior. He lived. <laughs> he died. He rose again on high. He lived. He died. He rose again on high. Sin has no power over you, child of God. Death has no power over you, child of God. He took the power away. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Lord.